to just to introduce myself and the panelists very briefly. My name is Jason Chohan, uh, as Nicholas mentioned. I'm partner and head of international finance at Hill Dickinson. I've been based in Greece uh, since 2009 and certainly hasn't been dull uh, during that time, um, not least over the last three years. And I'm sure uh, each of our panelists will have their stories to tell uh, um, as to what, what's been happening over the last three years or so. Um, so with that, I'll briefly introduce each of the, the panellists uh, from my left onwards. Uh, we have uh, Channing Wang, who's Regional Manager at BOCOM, Bank of Communications Financial Leasing. Philip Wunschmann, who's Global Head of Shipping at Berenberg Bank. Uh, Vasilis Maroulis, who's Managing Director and Head of EMEA Shipping, Logistics and Offshore at City. Hugues Camon, who's Senior Vice President at, and Head of uh, DMB's Athens Rep Office and Konstantinos uh, Petropoulos, who's General Manager and Head of Structured and Shipping Finance at Piraeus Bank. So, as usual, I think we'll, we'll go straight into the questions, um, and the usual topic is a, a general overview um, from, from the banks, each of the panellists, as to how they viewed, typically how they viewed the, the year before. In this case, it's probably closer to how they viewed the, the last three years or so. Um, and also what they see for, for the immediate future, whether the following year or, or, or the years to come. Just to add a bit of context uh, to that, obviously, as I said, it's, it's, it's never dull in shipping or, or in Greece. Um, so to, to, to give a bit of context to that question, um, I guess it's important to know, you know clearly we've moved from financial crisis to recovery, COVID lockdown to vaccines, peacetime to wartime low asset values to higher asset values, limited capital to excess capital, remote working to local working. So just a little bit um, uh, of context there and a few topics uh, to, to start. But um, in, in, in that context, uh, I think just a brief uh, intro in terms of lending activity during the last year or the last three years and, and also what happens next. Uh, and if that's okay with you, Channing, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start with that. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Arwan. Thank you, the uh, CapitalLink team, inviting me to come here again. And uh, uh, in the past, after two or three years, difficult time of life, finally we can see each other in person and uh, enjoy the physical comforts now. Um, yes, in the past two, three years, uh, I think the, uh, most of the people suffered the, maybe the difficult time of life. But uh, there is still some good news, such as, okay, we. Uh, we have some uh, the business grew, growing very well. Uh, you know, uh, our business also growing a lot. This is uh, together with the CPN. You know, the CPN community also growing after the um, pandemic. Uh, I can give uh, maybe some uh, single number to show that uh, as a Chinese leasing company, uh, we have the. Uh, CPM, uh, Balcom leasing, we have the CPM business, uh, CPM portfolio, uh, growth maybe 30% in the past three years. Uh, we have the uh, CPM leasing portfolio from uh, uh, sorry, 12 billion US dollars by the end of 2019, uh, growth to around 16 billion US dollars now. So uh, we can see that not only us, you know, um, we can also see some other Chinese leasing companies. They also keep growing in the past the two, three years. Uh, I have a number, I learned a number from the uh, top 10 Chinese leasing company, uh, leasing house. Uh, I think the shipping, uh, the shipping business, the shipping portfolio, uh, 
grow from the uh, six uh, from the six uh, uh, sorry from the sixty billion U.S. dollars to seventy-seven. Uh, now in the growth around thirty percent in, in the past three years. So, uh, I, how to say we we now we have a significant share on the market, um, but in the next few years. Um, in my perspective, okay, we saw the Chinese banks also come back with very attractive terms, attractive solutions. We will try our growing, but uh, maybe not so fast as in the past two or three years. Thank you. Thanks very much, Channing. And uh, I think that's, that's probably laid down the gauntlet for, uh, for our, our traditional uh, ship finance bankers on the panels. And, and I, I'd want to come back to the leasing um, uh, aspect and how that's developed. But uh, before doing that, I'll hand over to Philip. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, sitting next to you, uh, I'm here for the smaller numbers. Um, but uh, I can confirm that I think the last few years, uh, with all the problems you mentioned, have been fairly a good time for ship financing. Uh, uh, we, as you know, Berenberg is asset-based financing, traditional uh, asset-based. Um, and uh, last year we passed the, f the billion uh, dollar mark, which for, for Berenberg is a, is a huge number. Uh, not doing this on our own balance sheet, as, as many of you know, we have raised three funds. They are up and running, and so this is institutional capital, which is behind us. and. Uh, yeah, and they are uh, basically happy with that investment, uh, which is low risk uh, and higher return than real estate and other alternative investments in the private market. That's what, we, what we're here for. So no losses, no defaults, good times, sun shines. And um, the source of business uh, we had in the last few years were still very much uh, linked to uh, restructuring elements. So there were either banks or private equities uh, selling portfolios, selling, uh, getting out of loans. So we were there to, to refinance uh, some of uh, uh, the owners which find uh, a new home for, for, for that. Um, so that source, I think, is to, to, to put a little picture on today. This source uh, is definitely over now. So I think uh, the time is over for bigger portfolio sales, at least in the main commercial shipping markets. There might be some offshore out there still, but for the rest, it's, it's fairly done. Uh, so uh, really, we are in a new era here. And um, I, what are the new sources? And this is, this is then uh, the, the look on, on today's market. Still, we are very busy. Uh, I must say the first quarter was very busy and second turns out to be busy as well. But at the same time, the, the, the incoming business is more on optimization. So we might talk about this in a minute. Uh, so there's a shift from alternative lenders more to traditional banks maybe. Uh, this is a new source for us and also obviously some uh, early stages of renewal of your fleets. Yeah, that is. Uh, Renewal, I mean uh, optimization of, of age profile of your fleet, so buying a second-hand vessel or, or a few, and then um, having a traditional finance. That's what we expect also for this year going forward, uh, with all the uncertainties and challenges we have heard of, uh, we'll talk about later, uh, but that's, that's it for now. Thanks, Philip. And uh, it's, it's interesting so far, it seems to be um, 
so far, you know, Vasilis and Uk and uh, Konstantinos will, will, will give their views as well. But so far, it's it's probably one of the most cheerful banking panels that uh, we've been on over the last three, three few years. Certainly, the last uh, uh, five plus years. So, uh, I'll leave Vasilis to continue the the cheerful mood, if that's that's correct. Yes. Um, look, it's been it's been quite a ride the past three years. Uh, you know, ups and downs. But I think everyone who's uh, in shipping is is very much used to it. At the same point in time. I think the portfolio, as far as City is concerned, is probably at one of the healthiest uh, positions it's been. As a result of the performance of the various subsegments, at the same point in time, direct contradiction to, to many other banks, we are not asset financiers, we are corporate financiers, and therefore uh, fluctuations in terms of asset values and performance for specific <laughs> asset classes, you know. As long as the corporate is there to be able to sustain, and this is the analysis that we do, and therefore on the back of that provide the capital, which is significant as far as city is concerned. Our global portfolio is in excess of $10 billion, and then that excludes um, expert agency financing lines and underwriting capacity and other things. So all in all, we continue to be active. We are uh, selective uh, in terms of who we bank as a result of the fact that we are corporate financiers and require a specific level uh, of activity. At the same point in time, in terms of um, how I see things going forward, I think we have clearly a, an extremely uh, difficult and, and also a terrible situation that is unfolding in, in Europe as we speak. That that cannot be uh, analyzed and you know, one cannot foresee how things will go. But with the exception of that and assuming that no terrible events transpire, then I do believe that most of the sub-segments have a, a positive outlook as a result also of those events. So, you know, if I look at container, dry, tanker and LNG, I think most of them for the foreseeable future uh, are in a, in a good place uh, and one where uh, we would look to, to invest and grow. So therefore this is where we are, cautiously optimistic and of course with significant analysis but at the same point in time I think with the exception of a, 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 a terrible accident I think we are in a, in a good place. Great. Thanks for this. I'll pass. Straight on to you. Yes, um, I, I would echo what Vasily said. Uh, generally speaking, I think uh, you know we've seen across our portfolio uh, an improvement uh, in the credit quality um, of our clients, and obviously this is uh, always much easier to seek support uh, to deploy capital uh, to the shipping industry. So I think you know this is this is very positive. Banks are very well capitalized. I think most of the banks are reaching a tier one ratio of around twenty percent. Uh, which I think is well above uh, uh, requirements from uh, various regulators. So I think banks have definitely capacity to, uh, to lend. Uh, what we've seen, I think, is, is very positive for the industry, and I think this is uh, based on the representation of the panel, is you know, uh, increasing uh, diversity in the different sources of capital available to uh, the industry. And I think it's, uh, it's a very positive uh, uh, development. Going forward, I think, uh, as I said, I think banks are, you know, hungry for for business, uh, and I would say we we, we maybe lack uh, volumes today. I think uh, because of very high, uh, you know, asset prices, very high new building prices, we don't see a lot of activity uh, on that side. Uh, 
um, and certainly, as you've heard from uh, uh, Shannon, I think the, the Chinese lessors have picked up a lot of the growth. Um, um, so I think there, there'll be ample liquidity uh, in the future. But as Vasily said, I think there's, there's a number of dark uh, clouds. Uh, you know, inflation is there. Uh, geopolitical tension uh, is, is there to, uh, to stay for a while. And uh, I think as it's been mentioned already uh, in the previous panels, you know, e ESG will continue to be really uh, high on the, uh, on the agenda. And uh, I don't think it has really left the agenda. Uh, it, it continues to be very, very high, certainly for, for us in DNB uh, in a number of uh, you know, aspects. Uh, and I think most of the, the large uh, you know, finances in, uh, in Europe and the US uh, clearly have that consideration in mind. Great, thanks, Sue. Um, I, I want to come back to a couple of the points you raised. I think probably in, in particular, you know, the, the diversity in the sources of capital and, and a lot of capital seemingly being there in, in the market as well. But before doing that, I want to hand over to Konstantinos, who's here as the representative of Greek banks in particular as well. So I'd be grateful for uh, that perspective in particular. Yes, thank you, Jadil. First of all, I would like to thank uh, Nicolas and Capitaling for the kind invitation. It's uh, great after the two years of the pandemic to be again uh, in front of familiar faces rather than speaking in front of the uh, computer mic. Uh, well, the last uh, few years uh, have been uh, very productive uh, for the shipping units uh, of the local banks and especially for Piraeus Bank. Uh, over a period of five years, we disbursed uh, over $3 billion uh, in uh, new shipping loans out of which 1.2 billion was just uh, uh, last year, 2021. And that happened uh, despite uh, the challenges uh, that uh, uh, were facing a, a local bank uh, operating in a country that is coming out of, of a deep economic crisis. Uh, uh, capital constraints, uh, non-performing exposures, uh, tight regulation, and on top of that, uh, the pandemic. Um, nevertheless, uh, we stayed on uh, competing uh, with large international uh, banks, uh, uh, trying to establish our own uh, foothold uh, in, this, uh, in this market. Um, uh, our strategy was to address uh, the needs, the financing needs and serial debt uh, for, for uh, uh, middle-sized Greek-owned companies, and on top of that, uh, offer a comprehensive, comprehensive range uh, of ancillary uh, business. Uh, we are very proud that last year we expanded uh, our service as a bank uh, and had uh, um, an instrumental role in the opening of the capital markets, uh, the Greek capital markets for shipping companies uh, with the issuance of the first three uh, shipping bonds. Um, we are many very active uh, in uh, this uh, sector, always looking for uh, well-structured transactions with uh, our uh, good uh, clients. At the same time, we are very cautious uh, because of the new challenges coming up. Uh, they were mentioned by the fellow panelists. Uh, um, we have uh, some uh, major uh, uh, transformation of the global economy happening because of the pandemic and, uh, and the Ukraine crisis. There are serious uh, short-term and long-term implications. We are all already experiencing rising inflation, rising interest rates, uh, supply shocks, uh, uh, sanctions uh, uh, and the risk of stagflation, but maybe even more important are some long-term uh, uh, changes that are happening. Uh, the, the transformation of the global economic model from globalization towards uh, regionalization. There is an increasing emphasis 
to uh, resilience rather than efficiency as it used to be, uh, or we have a, we're going from the energy transition to energy security. It's we are closing, closely monitoring all these developments. It's really hard uh, to, to, to assess today what's going to happen, uh, what, how this will affect uh, the shipping sector, but uh, these are really exciting times. Great, thanks, uh, Dinos. And I think what we'll now look to do is kind of move the, the topic slightly in terms of your financing option, deal type, and, and how that's changing going forward. But um, I think one of the things that you're know, picking up from, from from what Dinos mentioned as well is you know, it, it certainly has been a, a difficult time over the last 10 years. The, the interesting thing being that obviously almost at its peak there was a, you know, a drought, a very, you know, there's a funding gap and um, not enough liquidity there. Uh, you know, that's now developed to almost having too much uh, capital, too much uh, liquidity in the market. And I suppose it's in that context that I, I, I I suppose look to focus and, and, and throw it open to the panel as well as to, you know, how does that almost um, complete uh, opposite of the spectrum change your approach to, to new lending and you know uh, how, how do you approach new lending when there is you know, available finance uh, excess um, uh, equity and, and capital out there as well? I throw that open to any takers uh, uh, on that in terms of approaching it. Yeah. I can kick it off. I mean, it's it's only because it's it's a very simple answer as far as the you know as far as city is concerned. I mean, we there's nothing that has changed in terms of how we assess credits uh, and and therefore how do we look at availability of capital. For us, it's it's not the asset, it's not the vessel, and therefore it's not you know 70 percent, 60 percent, whatever it is LTV. It is how the corporate looks like in terms of how we perceive uh, going forward uh, the, uh, the financial strength or potential weaknesses that the corresponding capital structure has uh, when we look at it. And on the back of that, uh, you know, we are able to deduce uh, the, the various uh, regulatory requirements that we have with regards to risk ratings and everything else, which effectively deduces our weighted average loss norms on, on the corresponding asset that we are looking to deploy, and on the back of that we price it. So it's, it's, it's not a, you know, this is the vessel, if it's young it's great and therefore we can do 80% or, you know, if it, it's, it's a totally different approach to, uh, which is consistent to how we have been doing business uh, since the 1950s. So it's a, um, we look at the corporate as a whole, we require significant, if you wish, disclosure uh, and of course corporate structures and everything else and, and I think ongoing basis uh, ESG concerns and, and considerations uh, are key to, to um, deploying further capital, if you wish. But at the same point in time, I don't think that it's a, um, a rush to deploy capital uh, just because uh, competition is out there and there's a lot of assets and, and people are looking to deploy it. Okay, great. Thanks. And I think 
one thing that uh, I wanted to come back to is uh, with, with Channing and on, on the leasing side of things, obviously there were some fairly huge numbers, uh, 77 billion. Um, and you know, going back to that, that funding gap, it's certainly you know, uh, a, a key area where leasing, Chinese leasing in particular, has you know, certainly filled that gap to, to a very large uh, extent. And I suppose that's, that's to the point from, you know, from maybe five to ten years ago, leasing being almost part of the kind of alternative finance aspect, it's now very much mainstream. Um, and I suppose in that context and also the growth, um, whilst there seems likely to be with such a large portfolio maybe a, a softening of that, that growth, uh, how do you see that developing um, and, and also, and also you know, fitting in with the, you know, the traditional bank lending? Uh, okay. Um, first, I want to emphasize that again. The 77 billion is the total ten top <laughs> leasing house, not only last. Uh, so, okay. Uh, actually, a, a very interesting uh, thing is, you know, I can recall that in the several years ago, when I come to join some panel, I always sit in the panel. Name the topic is alternative finance solutions. So today looks like a little bit different, <laughs> you know. So I think maybe. Capital Link team also think, okay, the Chinese leasing is on the list of the major options for the safe owners. So uh, I'm glad to see that, and actually, uh, we, I, I can show that the, um, the volatility of the uh, of the shipping market, how does it generate the diversified demand of financing? So I think Chinese leasing shared a bigger uh, market, uh, the share market, uh, the share of the market, and we provide diversified, you know, solutions to different uh, 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 owners. Actually, uh, a little bit different with uh, uh, the banks. I think, uh, uh, yeah, we saw that. Uh, also, some other uh, capital provider come to the market. Maybe the competition is stronger and uh, you know more tough. But uh, what we are doing is. We try to do more flexibility. I, we are a leasing company. We definitely we have some difference with the traditional bank laws. We now what we are doing is we provide more operating lease. Okay, we can arrange more flexibility for for the such like the pre-delivery finance, after delivery finance, also the residual value arrangement. So I think maybe that could make us. Uh, have more attractive on the market and for the uh, 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 client. But another point I, I'm, I'm wondering actually, I, we know that the capital is uh, maybe oversupplied, some bound, uh, some cap, uh, found on the market. But I'm wondering, uh, when everybody knows that at the present market, the value price, the, the price of the, the vessels is very high. and. Uh, the freight market is good enough. Yes, in the past two years, uh, the market generates a lot of free money, free cash for the ship owners. So I'm wondering, is that how many ship owners, uh, the players, would take the high cost money or maybe the money with very high requirement, uh, uh, rate requirement to order new vessels at the current market and also, you know, project uh, uh, to develop a project very aggressively. So this is interesting. No, it's a good point. And, and certainly on another one of the recent panels, I think we 
capital in, in New York, certainly from, from the CFO uh, ship owner perspective, there was a lot of focus also on actually you know, deleveraging and paying down. Just wanted to, to, to stick with the kind of uh, alternative finance or to some extent uh, the more diversity in the market. Um, and also how you know, traditional banks are also you know, adjusting themselves with that as well, and how the lending, uh, uh, how, how the lending uh, process is, is, is adjusting as well in the new market. Because certainly what we're seeing as well is, for example, traditional ship finance lenders actually lending, lending to, to leasing, uh, leasing houses as well. Um, so, uh, Philip, I'll pass that question to you in terms of you know, how you see the nature of actually ship finance lending uh, perhaps adjusting um, and you know, traditional banks lending to you know, institutions that actually lend then di directly to shipping. Yeah, I think that uh, has been an, an interesting development of the last two or three years probably. Uh, what is, I think, uh, has, has uh, proved to be useful in other industries since, since many years uh, is to, to offer kind of back leverage or, of, or fund level facilities to to those uh, who are on the front line, uh, and uh, for us, uh, this has been a successful uh, story for um, those alternative debt, private debt funds, uh, who um, are have a different risk appetite, uh, so are able to lend uh, probably at a higher uh, um, risk return profile to you. Um, but at the same time, have uh, the requirement also to to optimize their uh, uh, IRR uh, return. So um, back leverage for them is an interesting option and uh, this, this for us creates then the option to, to be first lean again and be on this conservative side looking at the asset and uh, still um, uh, commenting also what, what you just said, uh, this asset-based approach which we take um, still uh, is, is obviously in times where asset values are higher um, uh, more challenging in a way, yeah? and, and we, we have to uh, go more, more diligently on, on the asset to, to analyze, so to, to see uh, what are, what are the, the future readiness of those vessels, what have been done with the vessels. Uh, so this is a deep analysis, analysis on assessment on the asset. At the same time, we uh, even if it's non-recourse, it's, it's, it doesn't mean that we does not look at the corporate as a sponsor or stakeholder in the, in the game. Uh, so where's the skin in the game in terms of capital, but also what is, what is the governance of those? And, and this is in the end, in the, in the best way of the world, it's ESG, yeah? and this is part of our, our assessment today. So this is, this is something where I expect going forward, uh, the, our offerings will change in the, in the sense that we uh, will ask you more questions on that side to provide us with data. So for you, it's the challenge to, 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 to gather these data, to document to the IMO or, or to other bodies, but also to your banks. And I think this will be part of, of the assessment going forward. Otherwise, maybe last, last comment, if asset based on net values, obviously we look more on the cash flow, we have to. Uh, uh, in the container space, we, we did uh, deals on, on cash flow base. The last, uh, more recently, on uh, other asset classes, we are still lending conservatively against the asset.
Thanks, Philip. And um, I wanted to come back to just one, one of the points you mentioned, Vasilis, as well, which and we were certainly going to speak about the ESG and uh, pr principles uh, fairly shortly. But uh, in terms of the diversity, you mentioned obviously the corporate uh, finance aspects. Um, and I suppose the, the, the question that, that then leads me to is, you know, to what extent when you look at the corporates now that do you, you, know, you expect that level of diversity as well, whether it's with capital markets, leasing, traditional finance, uh, and generally what's, what's your view on, on you know, that diversity, whether it as, as a competition basis or certainly you know, uh, that, that diversity of finance that is there? No, I think first of all, you know, I, I the more the merrier, uh, uh, that's, uh, so, so therefore I do not perceive um, either leasing houses as competitors or you know traditional shipping houses that do it on an asset financing basis so it is a the needs of this industry are significant uh, where we are going with regards to you know driven by ESG and the fact that you know you do have a significant uh, opportunity I see it but in effect the world fleet needs to be renewed slowly and steadily and therefore the capital uh, requirements for this to be done are so significant and such an opportunity for the ship owning uh, community that we haven't seen uh, something like this since Second World War. So therefore, as far as I'm concerned, you know, every, each and every uh, um, player in this market is required together also with the capital markets. So it's not a, you know, will CTB be doing everything? No, they, no, it won't. But it's each and every piece of the jigsaw is required in order for the capital stack to, to, to be there, be sustainable and, and, and be able to cope with the challenges ahead, but also the, the significant renewal and shift that, uh, that will transpire. And it's not a w whether it will happen, it will happen de facto as a result of uh, when, we, when the clients of the ship owners start to focus on scope 3 emissions and all of that stuff. So it is extremely important, but I, I do see, sincerely see everyone here as uh, you know, part of one team, if you wish. Thanks very much, Sis. And, and I'll, I'll pass to Ugen Konstantinos as well. And, and certainly, you know, that, that is, is definitely probably one of the strongest themes coming as, uh, together with the diversity that, that, that focus on, on ESG. And I suppose, I think th th there's a, a lot of topics in that alone to, to discuss, but I suppose you know, with that shaping how you know, new business is done, um, also with the banks, you know, how do you see, do you, uh, more syndication, for example, and larger deals with prices happening, or more relationship banking, linked with the with the needs of how you know uh, finance will uh, become greener. Um, and if that wasn't enough, I'll add another topic on that, that, that question as well. As we're gradually drifting more to the the ESG topic, and traditionally with that, there, there has more easily been a focus on the tier one owners, you know, the, the, the very organised in ESG. And as as on our previous panel, it's not just the E. Uh, in, in, in the ESG, so you know how is is that uh, dynamic likely to you know affect the the, the lending policies going forward? Uh, Uke, would you like to start with that? Yes, uh, maybe I just wanted to follow up on uh, what Vasilis has said. Uh, I think you know we we uh, certainly share the same views uh, as CT in terms of the uh, in in reality the importance for the the industry 
uh, and chief owners to actually have a diversified uh, you know, source of capital to be able to tap many different uh, capital in many different geographies. Uh, I think with the changes in regulations, we will see a need to invest in uh, new technologies, you know, uncertain technologies, uh, which uh, you know, certain, uh, I would say, low-risk uh, capital providers may not be there to, to finance. And, and, and so I think it's, it's important to have a, a menu which is uh, wide enough uh, to equip uh, the owners uh, to, to, to that adapting uh, well. Uh, w when it comes to how you know, ship finance will shape uh, you know, going forward, I mean, I hear talking about green. I don't really know if shipping is green. I think you know, at best what we will be focusing on is uh, you know, uh, supporting the uh, transition towards decarbonisation and uh, uh, the energy transition uh, you know, through sustainable uh, financing, but I think certainly, as it was mentioned in the previous panel, uh, for the, the large commercial banks, uh, capital will be made available to those who have uh, a, a strategy uh, and to those companies that are transparent um, and, and willing to commit uh, you know, to, to, to certain targets. I think we'd, we don't expect uh, you know, companies uh, to come up with completely realistic targets because we know that technology is not available yet. Uh, but we certainly expect, you know, based on the uh, certain economies that can be made today, uh, that you know, investments will be made, and that uh, we can uh, we can see slowly uh, a reduction in, uh, in in carbon emission. Thanks, and I'll pass the same question to, to Dinos now, and, and uh, uh, I'll apologise for giving you the Greek focus uh, continually as well, but uh, I suppose a part of that as well is that obviously, as I said, with, with uh, the, the ESG policies and have, have been in motion for some time with you know, the, the Tier 1, the publicly listed uh, owners as well, but in Greece, obviously, the, the small to medium size is a, is a substantial market as a collective as well. So I suppose that's, that, that's one of the areas in terms of as uh, we've mentioned as well, that there, there will need to ultimately be a bridge to, to that change as well. Um, so how do you see that, you know, uh, that focus in the Greek market in particular? Uh, okay, uh, obviously SG is very high uh, on our agenda. Uh, we feel the banks have a responsibility to educate, educate uh, their clients, especially you know, where our target segment, uh, as you said correctly, are the uh, small to medium companies that are maybe less educated, uh, 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 less experience with uh, the ESG uh, principles. Um, so we have uh, uh, ourselves uh, uh, participated in several in initiatives. Uh, we early on joined uh, the SMS uh, initiative of the IFC, and later on we, are, uh, we were the initial, uh, initial uh, signatory of uh, another initiative by the United Nations uh, uh, Environment uh, Program and uh, uh, ascribed to the principles for responsible banking. Um, what we also did uh, last year, where we had uh, the first uh, two uh, sustainability-linked loans that uh, offered a small uh, margin discount uh, to our clients, uh, subject to meeting certain uh, uh, targets. Um, this was not really a big discount, but maybe it was uh, a good uh, compensation for the additional effort required uh, from a company. Uh, in order to comply with the reporting requirements uh, for such facilities. So that was part of the uh, education of, of the market. Uh, it's not much, it's not significant, but you know, it, it builds a, a momentum. 
you know, the investors are very uh, uh, serious, uh, our investors are very serious about the ESG principle. Uh, the bank is serious about that. Uh, the, the credit policies are being revised uh, to, to incorporate uh, these principles. So this gradually permeates uh, uh, the, the, the culture and permeates also the, 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 the how we deal with uh, our customers. They understand that uh, ESG is very important uh, to the bank. It's very important for the uh, risk analysis uh, uh, we do. Uh, and so gradually with this it becomes uh, uh, you know, a, a very important part of, the, of doing business. Right, thanks, uh, Dinos. And um, it, it seems again that very quickly we're, we're, we're running short on time. So uh, we'll start to go through a few, a few of our final questions as well, which uh, um, perhaps don't, haven't had the chance or the time to focus on the ESG uh, even more. And certainly I think we could, we could certainly spend more time uh, on, on that topic. But one of the, the, the key things, which itself is a big topic, is uh, compliance, uh, market volatility, and it never seems too far away. Um, uh, not least uh, things like sanctions and, and even today, you know, further development of EU sanctions, which will is, is likely to affect all, all markets as well. Um, in view of the time, I throw it open to, to the, the, the entire panel. But ultimately, you know, what is that? In, in what you know, we've, we've we've heard the words healthy, you know, portfolios in the billion, positive outlook. Uh, and, and these types of things, but there's, yeah, there is always that, that risk of volatility. So, so w what is the, the biggest concern? Um, another thing that actually I was discussing with Luca prior, prior to uh, stepping onto the panel was uh, that, 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 that popular phrase, which it only takes 10 years to forget the make mistakes that we made last time. So on that topic, um, you know, and, and also with the ESG push, is there going to be a, a focus on you know, financing new buildings as opposed to second hand um, and, and those two aspects? So kind of two questions there, one in terms of you know, how, how will uh, um, volatility affect and, and what, what do, do the panelists see as the big, biggest risk uh, going forward to, to ship finance? Uh, and, and ultimately, um, you know, it, will, will there be a change in that dynamic? to new buildings, for example, and a focus there uh, to, to, to try and you know, couple the, the, the changes, uh, whether on ESG or, or other compliance aspects going forward. Um, I'll throw that open to the panel if there's any takers. I, I, I'm happy to, uh, to start. Um, I mean, look, I, I think for me the biggest, I mean, sanctions has existed for a very long time and uh, you know, many, many countries have been sanctions and banks had to navigate through, uh, uh, you know, this, this uh, a challenging environment, but I think for me the the biggest um, unknown really is the changes in regulations. I mean, we know of certain changes that will uh, arise within the, the next five, ten years, uh, but we don't know about the next uh, changes. Um, and you know, we are long-term, uh, you know, uh, providers of, of capital. You know, we we commit money uh, for five, seven years. Uh, Friends in, in China can go uh, much longer than that. Uh, and I think the big uncertainty is what will the, the new regulation um, uh, have as an impact on the, the actual value of the assets uh, and the residual. Uh, you know, I think in the past, uh, we've always accepted to, to assume a, a certain high level of, uh, of residual risk with large balloons. Um, and I think this is, uh, this is where I think banks struggle in general. Uh, to uh, to understand what would be uh, the economical life of uh, of ships in this uncertain uh, environment, I think certainly this is also something that our clients struggle to uh, evaluate, uh, and that transpired into I would say a fairly uh, subdued activity in the new building market for 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 a number of segments. Uh, 
If um, we speak to clients, um, our impression is that uh, many of you are still, let's say, in a, in a kind of waiting position, maybe also short term because of that situation uh, with a lot of uncertainties, but also um, more, more midterm with regard to this um, not finalized regulation. Uh, which is um, uh, especially uh, the EU taxonomy, which is not clear yet, has not been approved finally. And uh, obviously also uh, everything around fuel and propulsion, uh, where still the whole question of infrastructure and, and, and uh, the, the, the ways to deliver this to the ships is unclear. So we see you all hesitating. Maybe that's good for those who have vessels in, in the water, uh, because the order book is not swelling. But I think uh, still at the same time, this is, this is just a temporary period maybe where uh, all of you have uh, have the time to, to uh, prepare for that. And we, as banks, I think we have to prepare every, everyone of us here sitting here with different models, maybe. How can we, uh, if you then have decided and made the decision, how can we support you on, on that uh, transition with new buildings? Yeah, that is important. And we need various sources also there. Chinese leasing is obviously one, one big source, but I guess uh, uh, certain diversity also for new building financing is in the interest of everybody. Okay, maybe I I want to say sorry. Okay, I want to say just two points. The first, as uh, Philip just mentioned, yeah, uh, Chinese leasing we, as uh, you know the, the newcomer, but now maybe we are one of the major options on the finance market. We uh, we developed more actually the operating lease. This is also what we are trying to uh, you know the operating lease. We become such kind of model. Uh, with some end users on the market, the top end users. Um, we try to provide more attractive terms with them and encourage them to, you know, to build the green vessels with more advanced uh, energy the pop um, population uh, uh, solutions. Um, this is what we, you know, all of the Chinese leasing companies is not uh, joined their such like the Poseidon uh, Principle, but what we are doing is to try, uh, how to say, also keep moving on this way to uh, proceed as the ESG uh, principles. Um, and uh, the last point I want to say is uh, about the challenge. Maybe in the next uh, few years, uh, you know, I come from China, and the Chinese leasing company also developed very quick in the past uh, uh, decades, two decades. China joined the globalization since. 1980s reform and uh, you know open. So, but now we we think maybe the biggest challenge in the next uh, years is the deglobalization. We saw that a lot of noisy and uh, you know from different uh, media's country. Uh, you know maybe I I, I come to see uh, what's the, the the biggest problem uh, the voice come from. But everybody can show that maybe this is a trend. I think this is the fundamental harm for the shipping, for the economy. Actually, I think shipping is the biggest, one of the biggest beneficiary of the globalization. So it's like, okay, the Greek shipping built the vessels in the Far East, and okay, now also found come to support, and then transport the goods, you know, Trans-Pacific or Atlantic. So I hope this will not happen, and the globalization could continue, and all of the business could be benefit as Past. Thank you. Vasilis. 
Yes, so uh, look, I, I think I'll echo what everyone has said. I think there are significant headwinds in terms of potential challenges one can look at, you know, a potential upcoming recession, inflationary pressures which are significant, uh, interest, ri interest rate rises that are coming, ESG and how that develops, and of course, you know, deglobalization and everything else. But I think that's what makes this extremely interesting. Uh, I cannot see a significant impact with regards to how important this industry is, uh, um, given that, you know, whether one likes it or not, 90% of world trade is carried on vessels. So I think even though the, there are significant potential downsides, at the same point in time, the opportunity is, is also significant in terms of, uh, and therefore it makes it really exciting and, uh, yeah. Um, so it's it's an inter interesting challenge to try and address. Thank you very much. We, we, we've overrun our time, but uh, Dinos, if you wanted to say the last, a, a very short comment. I sure. like what Vasilis has said. Uh, shipping will survive. I mean, it's no question about that. I mean, uh, our challenge as a local bank, perhaps a different uh, challenge, uh, is to ensure the uh, internal capital location in our own organization. I mean, we are a, a, a bank that uh, is active in various, in various sectors, and shipping is, is a very small part of it. So it's very important that at the end of the day, we, you know, we, we make the returns that our shareholders expect. Uh, and uh, we have a, a, a risk that is uh, acceptable to, to our co committees and according to our policies. So this is the biggest return, given the uncertainty we have yeah. in, this, in this sector. Great. Thanks. And uh, we, we have actually overrun our, our time allocation, which I think probably hasn't happened for at least five years. So I think that that's probably one of the most positive signs of a bank panel when, when there's, there's, there's so much to talk about and certainly a positive panel so far. But as we are behind schedule, I'll pass back to, uh, to Nicholas now and uh, thank, thank our panellists.